0: It was while they were going through the process of visiting a large number of potential properties that they were first introduced to Christina, the famous Onassis yacht. Luxury personified. Lapis lazuli baths, onyx tables, hand-carved images of jade, classic paintings, gold icons, barstools made from the skin of whale's testicles.
1: This is a podcast for the infinitely curious, where we share stories, invite others to share stories, and sometimes just talk for the hell of it. So take a few minutes out of your busy day, sit back, and join our host, Steve Windus, batting the breeze.
0: Last week, we shared an extraordinary story of how a young lady... Well, I'll tell you what, why not pop back to episode 12 and listen in first? It's a great story. Suffice it to say for now, the outcome was to give me a chance to talk to Bill Murray, son of Edmund Murray, who was Winston Churchill's last bodyguard up until his death in 1965. The more I listened to Bill, the more I became fascinated by the unique relationship that developed between Edmund and Churchill. And as we'll see in a moment, he became so much more than just a protector. Alongside the fascination of the emerging relationship was also the fact that Edmund's privileged position, so close to such an eminent statesman, meant that he witnessed numerous mini histories in that time occurrences and social interactions that were largely, if not completely, unreported and unknown. So, with some help from Bill, I wanted to share just some of them. In this episode, the second part of our Edmund Murray trilogy, we talk about Edmund, Sir Winston and Aristotle Onassis. Winston Churchill met Aristotle Onassis for the first time in the winter of 1955-56. Onassis was the most famous, and wealthy, Greek shipping magnate of the 20th century. Following Sir Winston's retirement, the Churchills contemplated purchasing a villa in the south of France. Onassis was introduced to them as an expert on property in the area, and they got on very well.
2: Onassis had a suite at the Hotel de Paris in Monte Carlo that he would let the Churchills use. So Lady Churchill and uh, Sir Winston and their staff had accommodation at the Hotel de Paris.
0: It was while they were going through the process of visiting a large number of potential properties that they were first introduced to Christina, the famous Onassis yacht. Luxury personified lapis lazuli baths onyx tables hand-carved images of jade classic paintings gold icons barstools made from the skin of whales testicles that's not to mention the 11 motorboats one hydroplane and a fully equipped cinema
2: when Swinston Reduced the amount of time he spent painting on the French Riviera. He did have the opportunity to go on the yacht, generally around the Mediterranean, but it wasn't just local. It wasn't just popping over to Italy. These cruises sometimes would last over three weeks. And on one occasion, they went over to America on the Christina. But it was other places, North Africa, obviously Italy, Greece, the Aegean, the Ionian Sea...
0: The yacht started life as the HMCS Stormont, a Canadian frigate which supported the Allies during the D-Day landings. Onassis bought the ship from scrap and renamed it after his daughter Christina. She was the epitome of style in a golden age, but for all her opulence and lavish memorabilia, Aristotle's most prized possession on board was an oil painting given to him by Sir Winston, which was named the Moat Breckles, painted in 1921.
2: As youngsters, we were invited to go on board while the Christina was in Monte Carlo Harbour. And so we did have that privilege to be able to walk around this wonderful yacht.
0: On the 5th of August 1959, Aristotle and Tina, his wife invited a small gathering to a cocktail party on the Christina, Sir Winston, and therefore by association Edmund, John and Jackie Kennedy, Maria Callas and her husband. Nothing special by Onassis standards, until you reflect that Mr Onassis had on board a wife from whom he separated a month later, The woman who was going to be his partner for the next nine years, Maria Callas. And the woman who would become his second wife after that, Jackie Kennedy. I'll leave the rest to your imagination. Over time, Onassis and Churchill became close friends. As an indication of Winston's fondness of Aristotle, he bequeathed to him his budgerigar, Toby. Toby was originally presented to Churchill by his breeder, Lord Montgomery. In fact, Edmund received one at the same time from the same source. In the latter years, Toby travelled with Sir Winston abroad under one proviso – ...that he wouldn't fraternise with the local guards, ...on legal rather than cultural grounds. Toby always stayed in Churchill's bedroom. Each day, the valet was tasked with giving him the freedom of the room... ...frequently hopping onto Edmund's shoulder and pecking at his moustache. In 1961, in the Onassis suite on the 8th floor of the Hotel de Paris a French window in the lounge was innocently opened and Toby flew out in the direction of the casino, which was ironic because Churchill was known to like a flutter. And, as it turns out, so did Toby. Churchill was extremely fond of Toby and so was particularly upset. Onassis... Never received his budgerigar. Toby was never seen again. Of course, Edmund was observing this friendship developing firsthand.
2: Anassis was a very generous man. He'd put himself out for Sir Winston. He had a great love of Sir Winston and It was genuine. It wasn't just something that he did for show. They really did get on very well together. If Sir Winston needed anything, a cushion on his chair, or to go to the toilet, or whatever it was, then Aristotle Anassis would do that. He wouldn't ask one of his staff to do it. He'd do it himself. And he'd sit with Sir Winston for hours talking to him. And the two of them got on very well indeed. On one occasion, they went through the Bosporus, and along the canal, and they pass the the Dardanelles. The
0: Dardanelles, also known as the Strait of Gallipoli, that internationally significant stretch of water which connects the Mediterranean and Aegean through to the Sea of Marmara, the Bosphorus, and into the Black Sea. It's one of the narrowest straits in the world, which helps to explain its strategic importance, particularly in times of war. In 1915, during the First World War, the Allies tried, disastrously, to gain control of the strait. At that time, Churchill was First Lord of the Admiralty and Gallipoli would cast a long shadow over his reputation. 70,000 Allies... And sixty thousand Turks lost their lives. It goes without saying, then, that the Dardanelles would always weigh heavily on Churchill's mind, as it must have at this moment, as they passed through.
2: They went through during the night time, so it was just lights that they had. Aristotle Onassis asked Dad to be with him and Sir Winston, as they went by the coast of Gallipoli. And that's quite an amazing thought, really, to think, that um, with all the memories Churchill had and the way that his political status fell on account of Gallipoli, that my dad was there with the two of them as they went past the scene of that part of the war.
0: Edmund recalls in his autobiography... We went on deck to watch the dim, distant outline of the shore and the hills for two hours. We were alone, entirely alone, and invisible except for the glow of his cigar in the blackness. What memories, I wondered, were stirring within his mind. Did he see before him, in that warm night air, the ghosts of the regiments of men who perished at Gallipoli Beach? men who had been just cogs in the vast, ponderous machine that he himself had set in motion. I felt the drama as we sat there, and judging from Sir Winston's reactions then and immediately after, it was an experience which had considerable impact upon him, and during the next two or three days he was in silent, retrospective mood. As if this moment wasn't poignant enough, Edmund's Uncle Joe had been one of those soldiers sent to Gallipoli to fight.
2: My great-uncle Joe talked to Dad about it because he was there and he went right through Gallipoli and and survived and then got sent to the Western Front.
0: Churchill and Onassis remained very good friends to the end. Onassis died ten years after Sir Winston in 1975... As for the Moat Breckles, it was sold in 2021 for an estimated $1.5 million. And the Christina? Well, you can rent her yourself for a cool $100,000 a day. All inclusive, of course.
1: If you've enjoyed Batting the Breeze with us, please share the podcast with a friend And perhaps leave a review to help new listeners find our show. Check out show notes and other great stories at battingthebreeze.com. By the way, if you have stories that you think would be informative, amusing or thought-provoking, emotionally stirring, or perhaps would deliver a message of hope or inspiration, then why not head over to battingthebreeze.com and let us know. Thank you for listening.